The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Again, if you are a longtime listener, I guess maybe this could be your first time listening Mm -hmm. to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If it is, well, welcome. My name is Ben Sternke. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here with two other co-hosts, my partners in... Uh, partners in crime. No, that's kind of like a colloquialism, but it like it sort of feels illicit. Sort of like yeah, there's nothing illegal what, happening here. We there's nothing illegal happening. We paid for talking. all this equipment. All good things. All not, good yeah. things. Pirate, we're not using yeah. a VPN. It's free from to China. put a podcast on the internet. It's just fine. Right. Everything's fine. Right. Uh, anyway, Matt. Yeah. Tebby is with me. Hey, Matt. Hello. How was it going? Hi. Hey, good, Ben. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good. Except for your sinus infection, you were telling us about this. I cannot get over it. Yeah. Trying to try not to complain about it, but it's sort of all consuming yeah, when it hurts when your head hurts. A little headache, yeah. but I'm I'm here. Okay. <clears throat> and Christy Penley. Hi. Hey, hey. Christy is finishing her last paper of the semester. Woohoo. Yeah. Demon semesters are different, so mm-hmm. they don't normally run. So mine goes until next week. So okay. I'm finishing my last paper and then I start another semester in like two weeks. Right. I'm one oh, week off. Boy. And then, by, by the then you'll and you'll be possessed by a demon. Oh what? my right? goodness! Demon? No, have you guys I'll ever made in. demon jokes? Demon? <laughs> oh demon? boy! Yes, yes, many people have. Yeah, well, it's kind of. I think of it every single time somebody says <laughs> they're doing sure a demon. You do. I was like, I don't know if that's uh, a good idea. Demons are one, bad. No, no, I have one more year of classes <laughs> with no demons. So no <laughs> demons. Good, good. All right. Angels only. Holy Spirit only. All right. <laughs> Uh, well, good friends. It's uh, it's yeah. It's great to be with you uh, again. If you are, I want to uh, just plug our curated list, curated links email to you. If you are not on our list, um, go ahead and sign up at gravityleadership.com/join. Um, you can join our online community and yeah, get our curated links. We send them out every Friday. We're recording this on a Friday, and so we just sent out those links. Um, we were on a retreat earlier this week, Matt, mm-hmm. you and I, yeah. with uh, other staff members at our church. And um, 
what I sent out in the links uh, this morning was one of the exercises we did yeah. um, on this on this retreat, which is a really helpful exercise for naming your desires, naming your wants, and kind of doing that in community. Um, uh, because there's a lot to discern there, I think, in terms of what we want for the future, what we're afraid of in the future, mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway, I was excited just to <clears throat> name that for people, name that helpful exercise for folks. And then we link to articles that have been helpful for us and as we navigate leadership and faith uh, in the modern world. So Yeah, parenthetically, anyway. I'm uh, mm-hmm. preaching on this this Sunday. You're preaching on desires. curated links? Yeah. Oh, desires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. One. That's another thing we do. You're leading a preaching cohort, isn't it, Matt? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We teach. We train train people to preach, uh, kind of short proclamations of good news. Yeah. Um, do you have your good news proclamation? Wor- You're preaching from James three. I'm working on it. Ben. And four. This is some pressure. You've texted it to me a couple. Yeah, this times. is from James. It's not Sunday morning yet. So. Yeah. It'll, okay. it'll true. change. This is from James it'll three morph. though. Um, and I, I'm I'm declaring we're we're invited into the hard work of making peace together, and it's made as each one of us owns our desires, submits them to Christ, and learns how to do it in community. Let us resist the devil, and learn to make peace this day. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about that. We did we did a little peacemaking then on this retreat. Because we named and owned our desires for the future. Yeah, because James says the reason why you guys are uh, murdering each other and coveting is because you've got these passions that are at war within you, and you have selfish ambition mm-hmm. and bitter jealousy that's running the show, rather than yeah. you know pure, peaceable, willing to yield, gentle, sincere, yeah. honestness. Yeah. 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 That's, and that's bad news. And that stuff runs the show unless you can own it and name it. In a in a safe community. Parenthetically, um, this is what we do in our. And this is a this is a parenthetical to my parenthetical. Inside the par- parentheses yeah. that we're already in. If we had there's an another one that's beginning podcast, now. They would they would totally draw a line. <laughs> They'd be this like, whole this segment. is a this is a run on sentence. Yeah, uh, but that's what we do in our uh, gravity leadership academies as well. the The entire yes. work of uh, the Christian life is to be is to tend to God where we really are and to reckon with mm-hmm. what we want. And we yes. we do not have the capacity or competency in general in the Christian mm-hmm. West to do that. And so we are attempting to architect, yeah, the spiritual and theological framework for us to do that and then train others to do that. So, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a, Matt, you're starting one of those cohorts this this month. It's probably full. Diggity bam. Yep. But, uh, but we're going to probably start one next month as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we tend to start one a month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I actually have Go some ahead, people Christine. who are interested in one doing it oh. over a lunch hour. Um, oh. So mountain anyway. time, mountain Your lunch time, hour? my okay. lunch hour, which is like two mm-hmm. Eastern mm-hmm. time. But you two know, Eastern just time. in case somebody's interested, yeah. all right, contact us. Yeah. Contact us. Yep, just reach out. Podcast at gravityleadership.com is our email address. We'd love to connect you with folks who can help you get plugged in, um, and also sign up for our curated links. That's just totally free. So <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't yeah. do that. It's a no-brainer, as they say. It's kind of like this podcast, totally free. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, friends, we have an interview we got to introduce today with Lisa Cologne DeLay. Yeah. Did I pronounce that middle part of her we'll name We'll find correctly? out, because she says it on the podcast. And mm. people will just listen to that as her correcting you <laughs> Okay. in good. real time. Fantastic. Yeah, this- Good. The, I'm happy to the be The Wild correcting. Land Within. This book uh, is one of two books that we've 
talked to recently, Bethany Heiser was the other one, Dearborn Heiser was the other one, mm-hmm. that I think is a incredible companion to our cohorts. I mean, this book, yeah. this book summarizes a lot of the influences and in, uh, theological and historical streams that we use in GLA. So it was a delight to talk to Lisa, and her book is uh, really, really good. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's great. And right at the end, when we when we say to her, like, hey, how can people reach out to you? She's the first person yeah. on like a lot of episodes of our podcast. Let me let me look here. This is episode. Let this is officially this is episode. Oh, this is episode 200. What? Guys. Come on. This is the 200th episode of Woo-hoo. our podcast. I had no idea. Hey, do you have those sound effects you can play? Can you play one of those sound effects? Oh, uh, do you board oh boy. Available? Keep using, just do Hold it on, like try. a four-year-old. Oh, that was the wrong one! <laughs> Shoot. That's not the one we wanted. For okay, that was correct there for the... Okay, now they're laughing at us. Let's try this one. There we go. Okay, they're 200 cheering. Episodes. There. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. And maybe it'll just anyway, take 200, 200 episodes. more episodes for you to become adroit <laughs> at the sound machine. <laughs> I just haven't labeled my buttons, and so it's, we never oh use them. My. So anyway... Um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great book. Oh, what was I, I was going to say. You were saying at the end. At she's the, the end, first... when she says, how can you reach out yeah. to Lisa? She's the first person in 200 episodes to give us a P.O. box and you can write her yeah, a letter. She loves pen pals. She loves pen pals. So That's she'll so write great. you, she'll write, she'll write you a letter if you write her, uh, if you write her a letter. So anyway, the, the address is in the show notes. And also she, uh, talks about it at the end of the But podcast. first listen. See if you want to write her. I mean, you may listen to yeah, this yeah. and think, I'm not going to write, write that lady. But you might I'm listen and be like, this is the to, kind of lady I want to write. And if yeah. she is the kind of lady you like to write, well, well, yeah. we have a P.O. box for you. We do. <laughs> Available right in the show notes and at the end of the We should episode. get right into this. We should. We nope. should. Anything more to say, Christy? No, you have the last I think word. you need to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You are cut Always off, young man. Corrected. Yeah. Lisa Colon Delay, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Lisa is a teacher, spiritual director, and hosts her own podcast, Spark My Muse. Uh, she's originally from Puerto Rico, and she has a uh, master's in spiritual formation. And she's written a book we're talking about today called The Land Within Cultivating Wholeness Through Spiritual practice. Lisa, are there anything, is there anything else we need to know about you before we jump into our convo? The book is called The Wild Land Within. It's, oh, what did I say? Uh, did I say The Land Within? Yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> I get tongue-tied with it too. I wound up, originally it was going to be called like The Land of Wild Things because I was thinking about including oh. like um, Maurice Sedek's book, the, the book I loved as a child. And so I will wind up occasionally just calling it that. <laughs> it was like, it hasn't been called that for years, but you know, it's the wild land within. And it, it talks about the subtitle is um, cultivating wholeness through spiritual practice, but it's not really a book about spiritual practices. It does include a spiritual practice mm-hmm. every chapter at the end of nine chapters, but it really is about healing and understanding what I call the inner world, the unseen world, and um, understanding that God is within those places and that there's climate and weather systems in in those unknown, semi-known, 
and known places inside. And uh, the more we get familiar with those areas, the more we can heal and relate to others and God better. Yeah. Well, we've done over 200 podcasts. This is the first one where I've mispronounced the name of the book. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, the font on the cover of the book is, I don't know what, uh, 25 font. So it's like 25. So we're, we never restart. We never re- re-record. So uh, we'll just it's leave that in, in perpetuity. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, um, maybe give us an introduction to who you are. How did you become so interested in the wild land within? Yeah, probably because my own understanding of myself felt like it was so muddled and confusing. (laughs) Um, My background is one of sort of cradle Christianity. My dad was, my parents met in seminary in a really conservative um, fundamentalist Baptist seminary. And so it was uh, something I couldn't avoid, spirituality, religion, all of that for good and bad. You know, there were those spiritual abuse, but also I always loved Jesus, and that's what carried me through. Mm. And so I was doing deconstruction, you know, as an eight year old, <laughs> kind of <laughs> over and over again, deconstructing, reconstructing, trying to figure out who is this that we say, who is this God? When we speak about God, what are we talking about? What do we mean? And people mean different things, very different things. Yes. And found out I had a lot of, um, idols that seemed like God weren't God um, most of the <laughs> most of the things I was presented I don't think are, are actually God um, and so mm-hmm. I actually wind up feeling a real compassion and, and an empathy with atheists because I feel like mm-hmm. I actually I'm an atheist of a lot of the gods that I was taught about <laughs> I'm you know definitely can can get that and I feel like I've moved much mm-hmm. more towards mystery um, Hmm. much more away from God as male, not that God is female, but that God is mysterious, mysterious and, um, and also father and also shepherd and all the rest of the things. And just trying to get to understand who God was through the person of Jesus. Um, I went to seminary. I really think it was um, originally in my mind. I thought this is so I can write for Christians. I want to see how I can write to help people heal and understand the Bible perhaps and learn some of the original languages that are dead now. And I really felt that God wanted to show me who God was. And there was a lot of healing that took place. And I was introduced to people outside of my tradition. And and I started reading the Catholic writers, started learning about the breadth of Christian history, the Desert Fathers, made a huge, huge impact on me. And then I realized, wow, there's just this thing that that I've known, this American, Western, modern Christianity of America is really different than this Eastern early stuff. Um, This is incredible. And not to throw the one away, but to just add to it Mm -hmm. and realize a lot of the things that I think are Christian are are American, essentially, um, or that are are white-centered. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of take people along on the journey that I've been on. And and the book is really probably 10 years in the making. So that's why it's full of a lot of different things is because I've pulled all these things together from over the years. And I wanted to give people an idea of a richer, um, especially Americans, of, of a richer idea of Christianity through 2000 years instead of maybe the last 500. And that's kind of 
this book is is part of my own journey and just kind of sharing that. Yeah. So this book is basically kind of notes from your journey that helped you helped you gain access to and and in some places you talk about facing and befriending these different uh, places within us, different experiences we have. Um, And so what you're doing is, uh, and that was one of the things that struck me as I read this, Lisa, that you, you actually give a a, a decent amount of like context and history and tracing different things in a really Mm -hmm. brief um, um, amount of space. So it's like um, Mm -hmm. you're able to do a lot of work in a short period of time and and it's impressive. Uh, I think it shows uh, your giftedness as a writer. Uh, but what you're doing then basically is taking all the gold that you were able to mine out in your own life and then offer it to us as well. Yeah? Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair estimate, as well as just trying to to speak in terms of of what is very real, the maybe the most real part of us that is also unseen. That sometimes we're not brave enough or take the time enough because we're too busy to really look at. So we have we all have fears of the wounds that are that we know maybe a little bit about or maybe we don't know about, and and those are tender spots and we don't want to necessarily go into them. And what I want to say is that you know they're there whether you like it or not. <laughs> so I talk about befriending our fears. I, I talk about doing this book not as self help. So. It, as Christians, we're people of a community, people of a historic event, and that we do this book at least with one other person we can trust, perhaps a trauma-informed um, therapist or a spiritual director or just a trusted friend who we we know will journey with us, and that that is a really important piece to this because some of it is going to be triggering, perhaps, and that you read it slowly. Uh, people who've done this in book groups have told me that they haven't experienced something like this before and they wouldn't want to do it alone because you, you just, just like you wouldn't want to go roughing it for a month out in the wilderness alone (laughs) in the real wilderness. You, you don't want to do this sort of book alone either. It's not like a quick, easy read. It's, you know, you got to take your time with it and you got to pour through it a little bit and do your due diligence of looking at some of the places it invites you to go into. And, you know, I'm, I try to be pretty honest with people. It's if you want like a, a pep talk book that make you feel good and yay, that's, it's probably not the book for you. But if you're interested in, in feeling accompanied as you go through some difficult terrain and some, you know, some uh, kind of a reckoning in certain ways, and also just to feel like you're not alone, then then it's probably more of a book for you. But I, I've been asked to do this as a Sunday school class in my church and I've don't think I will. <laughs> I just think it's better as a as a small group book, and and it's better for people who are like not just your general audience, but like people like you. Are you ready to maybe go to some difficult places at times? Okay, then we can do it. But a general Sunday school class, I think they'll, they'll drop off like flies. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, I think that um, there's something really powerful about going through something like this in community um, because. You need to be in a place where you trust people and you can be trusted, a place where vulnerability is safe, you know, those types of things. Um, I'm curious to hear, like, as since this book is kind of 10 years of your life, did you process in in the midst of your life as you were going through this, did you process that with people in in a community? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I couldn't do it alone. And I also have, like, I over problem solve. 
know, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say I'm on anti-anxiety medication. I've had trauma and that has made my brain overthink and try to think its way out of bad things that have happened, right? So I need people to, as reference points that are thinking slower than I am. I need people who are trauma-informed. I have had companions that are spiritual friends for decades and we regularly meet uh, to basically do life together to take walks have coffee and talk about the serious and the fun things of life that it's not based on problems like like trauma therapy might be based on pathologies or problems it's just based on regular life and so working through some of these. And that's why I thank people in the back. Some of those people I thank in the back I've known for decades of my life. And it's all part of it. Um, how I know that I've been able to work through some injuries hmm. is because I've seen how it works out in, in real life. I'm not wondering or not guessing at it. It's actually been part of my own healing process. That's so mm. good. Uh, every year I pick a word and this year I picked the Hebrew word tov, which it means good. In fact, I have yeah. it on a ring, like on my finger. Um, but I had oh. a group of women that I asked to come and be a part and to process life mm. with me. And while there have been tears week after week, it has yeah. been the best group I've ever been a part of. And it's <sighs> been so good. Like That's why I named it the Tove Group. And when my husband here is like, oh, you're meeting with your Tove friends – I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he knows that that is just goodness for me. Not easy, yeah. not easy, but mm -hmm. good. So yeah, thank it you for that. makes a huge difference, definitely. And it's, and it's really, um, there was a friend of mine, this is early, this is like close to 25 years ago now. And I remember meeting with her and she was newly married and I was a little married a little bit longer than her. And her, her husband used to get a little jealous of our time together. And I said, just make sure you tell your husband that this is the best thing for his marriage yeah. that could happen yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm encouraging her in and her marriage and she's encouraging me and mine. Yeah. And yeah. we're better off than when we go back yeah. and yeah. we're like settled down and we're everything's good and we're you know like it, it's really healthy this is one of the healthiest things she could do yeah. and and the people who don't have the support wind up going it alone and saying i'm the only one i right. guess i'll yeah. get a divorce because this isn't working yeah. out you yeah. know so it's, it's really great to have the the trusted friends and that and it takes years to build mm -hmm. sometimes and it doesn't always come naturally and i'll have disagreements with my friends it's not like it's all right. you know cupcakes and sprinkles and stuff it's just that you hang in there yeah. and you keep coming back over and over tell your friend his her husband needs to get his own group right he can start his own group that's yeah, yeah. and that's what he did yeah that's exactly <laughs> that's what he did yeah he was like oh i get it now <laughs> that's good uh lisa I, I um this question keeps coming to my mind um I don't know. I'd just be curious how you'd answer it. We're, you're, we, we talked about, before we hit record, we were talking about how your book is very similar to the training and the work that we do at Gravity. And so there's a lot of resonance there yeah. uh, for us. Um, and one of, I remember a conversation Matt and I were having one time with a church leader where we described kind of what Gravity does. And we, we work with churches and pastors and, mm -hmm. you know, leaders of all kinds. Um, but, you know, certain kinds of pastors uh, aren't really interested in what we're doing. So we described it, I think, pretty well. Mm -hmm. And uh, this pastor looked at us and just said like, oh, that sounds terrible. 
Like he was sort of half joking, but you could tell it was like, I want no part of this. I, I don't, I'm not interested at all. And you, you had mentioned like you'd, your reticence to do this for a general Sunday school group to sort of just introduce some content, you know, just for anybody. And there's this mm-hmm. call, right, to, to go deeper and to explore maybe wounds and to do like you're calling people into difficult work, right? Mm-hmm. There's a sense in which like this is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you, the, but the, you know, we don't ever dig up fields unless we're confident there's a treasure in the Mm -hmm. field, right? We don't sell everything we have to, to, so what would you say to someone who's like, this sounds like a lot of hard work. Like, why wouldn't I just go to a Sunday school class on Hebrews, you know, and, and just learn learn some interesting stuff. Why would I join one of these groups? Why should I go on this journey Mm -hmm. of cultivating wholeness? What's the, what's the tove in it? You know, what's the goodness in it? How would you answer that? Well, you know, we love hedonism, <laughs> right? Isn't, isn't hedonism fun for a little bit? Um, so Jesus says this crazy, crazy thing. He goes, take up your cross. You know, and, and it's not to say we always have to like be self-flagellating and, oh, no, everything sucks all the time. But Jesus actually says, like, take up your cross, this, this – um, symbol of death, right? This, right? He doesn't say, well, you know what's going to be? It's going to be – parties all the time and lots of fun but he but jesus demands um fidelity from us Mm. but also that we should be expecting that this is going to cost us our life and and Mm. in the very least it's going to cost us our our giving our life to christ and that includes like all the difficult parts all the parts that Mm. we're keeping to ourselves that we maybe foolishly think God doesn't know about, or maybe we're not going to open it up, but it's, we're not going to open it up so that we don't see it. Of course, God already does. And, mm. and as we open it up, I really think that some of these spiritual practices open us up to intimacy with God. As we get a sense of intimacy with God, we realize I can be vulnerable. I, mm. I, it's going to be okay. I'm going to survive that. And, mm-hmm. and then as we do that, we begin to heal. We begin to sense more love. Uh, and connection with God hmm. that is just in our perspective. It's always been there. And then that overflows to our other relationships. Yeah. So, so there is payoff, but it it's not like a real easy transactional quick thing. It's like, okay, read right. this thing, then you get this payoff and you everything's great with yeah. everybody else. It, it comes at a great cost of, of taking up your cross and dying yes. to all those you know, insecurities or fears or something mm-hmm. like that and actually letting Christ take over. But the intimacy you get through that really essentially submission yeah. is is so fruitful then because you yeah. have all this empathy then for the people you, you're like, I, I know, I see that fear in that other person that I had. I, I get yeah. it. I know what that trauma, that spiritual trauma, I've been there. I know that fear. I know how you yeah. don't want to open up because it hurts and because you'll get hurt again, right? Yeah. Um, and so I believe that God is always calling us to greater and greater intimacy. And in that intimacy comes healing through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then that that treasure, really, as you say, uh, comes out in really sensing God's love for us, which is hmm. the, re- the truest reality. Yeah. And then that overflows into this back and forth of mutuality of love towards others, towards brothers and sisters in Christ, but towards everyone God has made.
This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. One of our one of our axioms, um, we were talking about you know this book um, yeah. as part of our training. One of our axioms is it's all about communion, and uh, communion yeah. is kind of the word that we've that we use to talk about that reality. To say mm. like that is the goodness. The goodness isn't isn't like like a donut or a candy bar or a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I'm using silly uh, yeah. examples of things, but there is this goodness of communion with God and with each other that mm. is like the the telos of our life. Hmm. And so it's worth taking up the cross because, you know, in a sense, the payoff, so to speak, is you get to live, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, it also reminds me, I think this was, I can't remember who I heard say this first. It's probably Dallas Willard. We quote him a lot on our uh, He's podcast, my homeboy. Yeah. I, I, I figured. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I think I heard him say, somebody said this one time, that the, um, the cross, taking up the cross is the easy yoke of Jesus. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The easy yoke of Jesus is the cross, and there's actually this blessedness in it um, if you can get over the fact that you're dying. <laughs> there's a blessedness in it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, so anyway. I, I I agree totally because what what's the alternative is the hell of self, right? Yeah. We are, right, we are right. trapped in bondage in the hell of self and God wants, and the gates of hell can't prevail against what God yeah. has in store for us. So it's, yeah. it, it's right. Even though we're, we're dying, Mm-hmm. We'll be resurrected with Christ as well, mm-hmm. and so it, it's uh, it's it's always about death, really, <laughs> you know. But but it's also about new life, and so. Yeah. But that's not that. morbid, right? It's not. I think that's a. I don't know. It's a it's a mm-hmm. misconception that a lot of people have about people who are serious about you know spiritual practices and stuff. Yeah. Is that there's like this like morose morbid like the people just mm-hmm. like feeling bad. And it's like, no, actually, if you understand this, these are people who've discovered what real life is, actually. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like death. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it looks like death, and it is like death in one sense, but there's mm-hmm. this kingdom, right, that's that's available to us, that's open to us, but it takes a little bit of faith to go like, ah, maybe I'll try that. I'll take up my cross? That's not something I would have thought of, Jesus. You know, love my enemies? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, like... But as you do it, you find yourself like uh, participating in the life that yeah. God shares with us. So, well said. thanks for sharing that, Lisa. I want to circle back to something you mentioned earlier, and you touch on this in your book, and it's the word uh, trauma. And you you talked mm-hmm. about like spiritual trauma, maybe some false mm-hmm. notions of God, um, but then also mm-hmm. there's other kinds of trauma as well that maybe don't originate or come from our religious or spiritual experiences, but come from other sources in our life. Um, Most of us, I think, are just catching up to what is trauma and how does it inform, how does it inform who I am and the matrix or constellation of my emotions and my character, my choices, my responses. Um, Mm -hmm. Could you just help us 
How, how does this all fit together for you? Like, as you do spiritual direction, as you, mm-hmm. as you care for people, what role does your information, being informed on trauma, what role does that play? Well, one of the biggest gaps, I'd just like to say this first off in case I go too fast and forget it, because I think that one of the most important things I think we have to realize, and, and if someone feels like they've been traumatized, and, and how I'll say this is you'll know that you have some issues with trauma if you feel triggered sort of frequently if it affects your life and you feel like, <gasps> you know, and someone says trigger warning and you're like on edge and you, and someone say you were raped and someone mentions something about abuse and you, you just get yanked back into it. But what is actually happening is your body is responding. You're a physical organism. Okay. And so what a lot of times we don't realize, and I, I cover this in the book and the body keeps the score with Dr. Um, Basil Vanderkolk is a great resource to kind of understand this so we can reintegrate yeah. in the West. We are in our heads and we think our problems are solved by reasoning and in our heads, but our, yes, but our brain that can be traumatized is not lingual. It is not chronological. It is essentially offline in those ways. And it's not reasonable. It's in a different section of the brain. So this part of the brain is instinctual, but it's extremely connected to the physical organism, which is why you'll get migraines, good stomach aches, you Mm. get GI issues. Uh, It's all connected to trauma. So when somebody is gets triggered, sometimes they'll get a migraine or sometimes they'll get GI issues or something Mm. like that. It's not separated. So when I am interacting with somebody, and again, I'm not a trained counselor. I am not a therapist. So I just want to say that outright. And I don't pretend to pee and I will refer someone right out when they have an issue that needs uh, actual uh, clinical help. Mm. But I do, I can walk with someone as a friend. And I know from my experience being traumatized that I will shake, my voice will quiver. Mm. I have physical responses to my triggers and that's what trauma is. And trauma can be in groups of people. It can be passed on generationally. It can be it can be suffered by whole communities. And mm. and we're and and I'm speaking now, and I, I cover this in the book. It can it can be extremely suffered by non-white people in our country, and that affects um, lifespans. And that's why you will see. Uh, people dying of COVID that are non-white dying first, dying sooner, dying more. So trauma makes a huge difference. And a lot of times people have us, let's just, let's do talk therapy. Let's talk it out. And I'm not yeah. saying it's that's worthless. I'm just saying it's not complete because we're a complete organism. We don't have like a head and a heart and a, as if these are totally different things. And so I just want to say that trauma is something we all go through in some regard. And that I go through you know, a lot of different kinds. Sometimes the trauma we have is something that we watched. Maybe we watched Mm. something terrible happen to a family member. Didn't happen to us, but our body actually had some kind of, you know, there was a repercussion that happened in our actual organism. And so I want people to start understanding that trauma happens not in our brain somewhere where we can talk it out, although that can help. But the talking it out part has to happen after you feel safe in your own body. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it, Lisa? I mean, as you're talking about this, I just, I'm thinking about my own congregation and people that I'm in community with. 
-hmm. And it seems as though just talking about trauma is triggering to people and they're afraid. They're afraid to actually dig in. What would you say to those people? I mean, I know you kind of said that to Ben within community, but now if we're talking Mm -hmm. about like the stuff that's in there, um, Mm -hmm. actually just recently spoke to a girl and I encouraged her to go to counseling and and to actually, Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, I don't want to dig in. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to go there. Well, and the thing is, you do have to be somewhat ready. Some of the spiritual practices are bodily. So so this is the this is an entry point for people. And also you can't force anybody to go where they don't want to go. And Absolutely. this is another reason why leaders, this is really important for leaders. Leaders will sometimes invite people in. Well, have they gone to counseling? Mm. <laughs> right? Okay. Right. So every every leader has trauma. Have they done the work? Yeah. You can't take anybody you haven't been willing to go. So this is the thing is that what, and this is why we have predatory leaders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why we have leaders that are blind to, uh, and not have, and don't have empathy because yeah. they don't, they have not worked on their stuff. And so yeah. they have these blind spots. They wind up injuring and re-injuring the same people who, who've been injured. And so one of the things that I, it's just the absolute teeniest first step is you can begin to work with people with spiritual practice that are somewhat embodied. Mm-hmm. For instance, just a prayer walk, right? Like you can do it. We can walk with somebody or they can walk on their own and they can just, it with that embodied walking, they can begin to pray about and just feel their feelings and mm-hmm. what they'll want to do immediately is boom, shut it down. No, no, shut it down. Oh. Um, but the thing about is that you're integrating some of your feelings and you're just holding your feelings for a little bit and knowing that they're going to come up as soon as you start thinking a lot, mm-hmm. you're, they're going to come up and, and just being kind of getting a little bit better with feeling them. And a lot of the spiritual practices that are, that are non- verbal that are non-image based that are non um concept based that just allow you to rest in god these will sort of boil up to the surface when you have the time when you are reflecting and and you're just still then i believe that they kind of what needs to rise to the surface does and so if you just tell them i like to tell people in advance this will probably happen (laughs) this will probably happen that something uncomfortable will come up that's totally your normal. <laughs> you know, everybody's got their crap and your normal mm-hmm. is gonna come up. And so just just feel it and you know, it's gonna pass also like like a weather front. And then as they get more familiar with some of that, they might be like curious. And I wonder if we can explore this. And I would I would also say that, you know, this is another thing where you don't go it alone. If you're if you're unable to go into you better have a Boy Scout with you or a Scout Master or something if you're going into the wilderness right, yeah. and it could be dangerous out there, right? You don't just be like, oh, I think I'm going to brave it out for a month, even though I've never gone camping, <laughs> you know? And and I think that it's very good to validate people's fears, which are mm. completely normal. If you've been traumatized, of course, when that comes up again, it's like trauma lives in the absolute present. It never goes to the past. Mm. It's It stays, it's outside of time. So it just stays right there. And so it's just, yeah, that is totally normal that people will be like, not ready. And yeah, of course not, because it's it hurts and it's scary. But as, as, they, as people know that you're there, that you are providing presence <laughs> and you're saying, yeah, me too, I have some stuff. 
And we can get through this together at any speed. You know, yeah. there is no, there is no like, okay, by next week, we're going to just any speed. And you, they realize you're safe and you're flawed. You know, it's, it is just walking with people. And if they never get to any big milestones, that's okay. You yeah. know, just be gentle, a gentle shepherd. And I think that um, this is where we, we earn trust, right? We don't. <laughs> I don't just feel like, well, I got this degree. Of course you could trust me, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I, I would say that everybody's going to be afraid. That is the, the most normal. If somebody isn't afraid, then they're kind of a faker, <laughs> I would say. Right, right. So. I was just in a group recently where uh, someone said, I have three things I want to share. And they shared two. And then I was like, but you, you said you had three. Is there a third one? And they looked at me and they said, I'm, I'm kind of judging in my head whether or not this is a safe enough environment for me to be that vulnerable. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, thank you <laughs> right? for that honesty, right? And then they did actually dive in mm. and, and share that third thing. And I was so proud of them for, for going for it. and and Such an honor too, yes, to hear their thing. Yes, I felt, yeah. So um, thank you for that. Mm. That's good. Mm. I, 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 Lisa, I appreciate that so much. I feel often intimidated. You know, I, I was trained for certain yeah. things and I'm waking up to stuff that I have no training in and no knowledge of, and I feel <laughs> overwhelmed. And then I feel like, well, mm. if, if I, if I'm not even, if I can't deal with trauma, like, and, and mo mm. and a lot of people are waking up to trauma, like what, what mm. good can I do? You know, like as a Christian leader, mm. do I have to outsource all my work? to, you know, paid professionals. And one of the mm -hmm. things I appreciate about this book is there are, um, you, you trace the development of meeting God in these interior places throughout, throughout the uh, church history. And you mm -hmm. also take us, give us um, snapshots or actually like little doorways into the the wisdom of from the church history of how to practice and how to get in our bodies, which, mm -hmm. like you were saying, is where trauma lives. Um, as you think through like the writing of this book, is it has there been a practice that you name in this book that has been most helpful or central to your own spiritual life? Well, I really uh, appreciate just silence but if somebody is not used to that then they really need some training wheels because it is like um to just be in a silent meditative state is you can't whip into it <laughs> and i couldn't definitely couldn't do that um so i'll i'll do something like i'll sit outside and i'll i'll i have tinnitus so i hear a lot of in my ears right uh so i never have actual silence so i go out and i'll listen to birds and i'll just feel the um, nature translucent with God, and I will feel the presence of God in and among nature, in and through it, right? And that's how I've kind of like centered down. I'm like, okay, you know, some people, I've also felt that at the ocean, you know, I'm so tiny and the ocean's so big, and I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm found in the Lord. And I would suggest for people to get to that point where um, what's nice is, Praying to God with words is so great, but also it's also a relief to pray to God with no words. It takes mm -hmm. the pressure off. You can just be found as a child in God right there. And that can actually help you feel embodied eventually if you feel grounded in that, in the ground of being itself. 
Mm-hmm. So I like to use as this training wheels to this point of no words is Lexio Divina, which is this four movement thing. And you can look it up. You can go to sparkmymuse.com and I have a whole um, thing that show you how to do it. And you start with a little piece of scripture, uh, like maybe in the Psalms, something that that resonates with you in some way, just a just a phrase or something, a, a couple phrases. And then you read it and it has four movements where you you read it and you pray it and you um you read it out loud, I'm sorry. You read it out loud, then you mull it over in your mind, then you pray with it, and then you just sit and let kind of let the spaces between your prayer and your silence get bigger and bigger till it's silence the whole way. And you just kind of and it kind of eases you into this non-figuring out brain that you have that wants to solve everything and like, oh God, maybe I can say this special combination of words and you'll really listen then. Um, and so uh, this kind of, um, this kind of thy will be done posture of, of our spirit, right? Hmm. Um, that makes all the difference. <laughs> if I can find different ways of praying Lexio or a centering prayer where I, I will often, my centering prayer will be the, the words, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And just slow it down until I'm not saying it anymore, but I'm just feeling it, you know, um, or Jesus. And I, I wind up trying to get to a place where my heart, where I feel like my will and God's will are just one will. I can't sustain that throughout a day. <laughs> I'm not a holy person <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, but that really helps me to get my bearings back. Mm. Yes. Could you maybe state a little more, Lisa, why silence, which is probably the easiest thing to do, why it's so hard? (laughs) I I can only speak for myself probably in this in this way, but I I strive. I I try to be a good person. I try to make people like me and try to make God pleased with me. And I'm like, I I want to do better. I don't know what my problem is. And maybe some people are like really relaxed and like really confident, but I'm like, maybe God, uh, can you just help me with this? I hope I could do better with this. If I'm quiet, it's not, it's grace, right? If I, if I can't say anything, I just have to remember that I'm loved anyway, doing nothing. Um, It's hard because I want to put my best foot forward or maybe do a little something, you know, show God I'm trying. And I think God wants to show me I don't have to try. That love is grace is there, and it actually has nothing to do with me. It's it's me allowing grace to happen and realizing how makes me realize how big it actually is. Um, that actually is is really mind altering after that because that makes you realize oh right that's how it works that's for everybody mm. not just the people trying to be good you know. Um, it's it really is paradigm shifting. The nugget I am going to take away from this podcast <laughs> is what you just said, and it was you are loved without doing anything or with doing nothing. Yeah. And I I need to hear that. I needed to hear that this morning. My guesses our listeners need to hear that to sit in the belovedness of the Father is um, transformational. So, thank you. Mm. 
Well, Lisa, this has been really good to get to know you a bit. I feel like as I read your book, I recognized the process we train people in at Gravity Leadership Academy. Like this is this is all the history and this is all a mm. lot of the theology we don't get a chance to go into in our training. And so um, this is going right on to our additional resource list for people in our coaching and training because of the beautiful and uh, wicked smart work you've done. Um, oh, I appreciate it. So thank you. Um, if people, I mentioned your podcast earlier, go ahead and plug that, but what are other ways people can find you and connect mm-hmm. with you um, outside of this podcast? Sure. Um, you can find me at lisadelay.com, which is also sparkmymuse.com. I put out a new podcast every Wednesday. And I actually love getting mail, which is sometimes a spiritual discipline in itself. If you sit down, write a letter, and get your mm-hmm. thoughts out. If people yeah. want to write me, I will write you back as a wow. kind of spiritual friend. If you write to P.O. Box 146, Cressona, P-A-C-R-E-S-S-O-N-A, Pennsylvania, PA 17929. I will write you back, uh, oh. time willing. And uh, usually it's not too hard for me to be able to do that. And um, I, I'm on Twitter. I need to be on there less. So I keep going back and forth. <laughs> do I quit Twitter? Don't I? I am addicted just like everybody else. Um, and I, I'm also very happy to um, to like jump in if people want to do some sort of book club with the wildland within I've really enjoyed jumping onto like a zoom and um, answering questions or just going over things with people. I'm very happy to interact with the topics in the book. And my Mm -hmm. hope is just that um, people encounter the book in whatever way they can. And I can just help people along. I think it's um, we don't have to be afraid, especially when we're in this together and God is calling us to a deeper, more abundant life. So I'm, I'm excited what you guys are doing and uh, any way I can help you, I would, I would love to. And it would be great to have you on the show later when you have your resource coming out. Yeah. 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 We were talking about that earlier. We'd love to uh, have another conversation. It would be wonderful, Lisa. Thanks. Yeah. It would be. Two firsts. I, I gaffled your book title. <laughs> gaffled. And, <laughs> and uh, an invitation to be a pen pal. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. We'll, put, we'll, put, we'll put that. You don't need to rewind the podcast. We'll yeah. put that in the show notes. If you go to uh, yeah. the show notes for this episode, we'll put the P.O. box there. Yeah. So. Um, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, thank Lisa. You. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.